0: You're listening to Multiversal You Podcast. I'm Andrea. Join me as I continue the second half of Episode 4. In this segment, I will clarify what a broken spirit is and how to begin the process towards healing. Stay tuned. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope last week's message has given you all some clarity on why you're going through this trial. There's no word that begins to describe just how difficult a trauma contract is. When I started my journey almost 20 years ago, I had no idea what was happening to me. I had a ton of questions, and no one seemed to have the answers I was looking for. If you are a fellow volunteer who has agreed to take on this type of contract, then hopefully this message illuminates your path. Even if you're not a volunteer, may this be a guide to greener pastures. As for me, it felt as though I was walking in pitch black darkness with my arms stretched out in front of me. No clue as to where I was or where I was going. But one thing I did know, the unknown was a heck of a lot better than where I came from. So what is a broken spirit? It's when a person is completely severed from their connection to God. Now, none of us are ever truly disconnected from God. This world is nothing more than a dream. As we so call die... We're actually just waking up from, well, depending on how your life is, a good or bad dream. But our experiences here leave emotional imprints on our spirits. If you go through trauma on earth and are unable to heal it here, then you'll have to do it on the other side. You'll go into a resting period before you're able to review your life. The disconnection I'm speaking of is the physical body from its spiritual self, the uncontaminated part of you that never leaves the presence of God. It's also known as the higher self. The heart is what connects spirit to body. You can think of it like this. Your heart is the projector. Your spirit and body are the film that gets fed into the projector. Your thoughts and emotions form the pictures on the film. At any given moment, you can choose which roll of film to project out and experience. Choosing spirit over body always leads to a more preferable life. So if the heart gets knocked offline by a traumatic event, then the higher self is unable to connect. What would that look like? your physical self would be operating on a very low, dense level of energy. Energies like fear, low self-esteem, depression, anger, causing you to feel heavy burdened, oppressed, and overwhelmed. That is what God meant when he said, I will take the stony, unnaturally hardened heart and will give them a heart of flesh, sensitive and responsive to the touch of their God because you can't have characteristics of light flowing through the body if you're not connected to the source. When the heart is out of service, the spirit follows suit. That's why it's so important that you keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the issues of life. The guarding of the heart is speaking to those that haven't willingly opted to take on this challenge. Again, as I said in the previous episode, heeding those warnings you receive from spirit is crucial to staying on your predetermined path. Because getting your heart back online takes a ton of hard work, diligence, and consistency, consistency, consistency. I cannot stress that enough. Every time you choose to act in line with the characteristics of light, you are essentially calibrating your heart to its frequency. Each choice, each thought, each action you make will feed the heart jolts of high vibrational energy until it's able to beat on its own again. Spirit is what gives humans the ability to love unconditionally, create joy, and carry out purposeful acts of growth while simultaneously raising the earth's vibration. But what makes this process so difficult is that, without your connection to light, everything associated with it will seem frightening. You're no longer part of it, so fear becomes the only thing you know. And fear brings with it the thought of punishment. He who is afraid has not reached full maturity of love. In the last episode, I shared how my contract came to an end. Although I walked out alive, my connection to spirit was gone, and it showed. After I left my ex, the four years that followed were very dark. Very dark. I started having flashbacks of the abuse randomly throughout my day. They startled me at first because it seemed so real. I could literally feel his hands around my neck, see the hate in his eyes. I had no idea I was experiencing PTSD until years later, and it was relentless. Showing up at my job, when I was taking a shower, I couldn't escape it. And it caused me to feel angry because I wanted to move on from him, from everything associated with our time together. So I turned to alcohol and eventually drugs. As time went on, the flashbacks persisted and intensified. The more I drank to suppress them, the more they happened. I was completely miserable and turned what should have been normal outings into an embarrassing nightmare for anyone who was with me. Every evening turning into a blurry fit of fiery rage until finally passing out. I was filled with nothing but pain, anger, and fear. It was exhausting. I looked for reasons not to get too close to people because love was to blame for everything that happened. It made me weak and blinded me from seeing the truth. And he used that to control and manipulate me, turning me into his own personal punching bag. That's the only way my mind could perceive love. Obviously, that wasn't love, but I was incapable of understanding anything other than that. I was a cracked teacup trying desperately to hold on to the little water I had left. But just like author Stephen Aitchison said, people change for two main reasons. Either their minds have been opened or their hearts have been broken. And man, do I resonate with the latter part of that quote. I was rapidly bleeding out and wouldn't have lasted much longer if I had stayed on my path of self-destruction. Something needed to steer me back towards the one who could not only put me back together, but could also reinforce my heart so that it was incapable of ever breaking again. That guiding light came in the form of a new love interest. The moment I met him, I knew he was special and it scared me. As I said earlier, anything associated with light produces fear in those that live in darkness. We were together for a whole year, but of course, a breakup was inevitable. I wasn't sober the night he left me, and I awoke the next morning with nothing but bits and pieces of what had happened. I knew he was never coming back, and the funny thing is, even though I was incapable of loving anyone, I still knew what I lost. His aura was bright and full of everything I lacked but yearned for. His disappearance produced this panic within me. I didn't want to be left alone in my darkness. And as I sat with this realization, I began to shake with anxiety. I wanted his light back. I needed it. He was my only connection to anything of real value. I looked up and let out a deep cry. I will do whatever you want. I'll do it your way, just please help me. In that moment, it felt as if God had just ratified a contract that I willfully and ignorantly signed. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but whatever it was, it had to be good. A huge wave of peace came over me and I was finally able to catch my breath. The tears immediately stopped and I stood up filled with energy, focused and ready to start a new path. On October 16, 2006, I was awakened at 4 a.m. with a loud voice saying, It's time to get started. I immersed myself into the Bible and began my studies. That was the instrument I used to act as my spiritual defibrillator. But I advise all of you to go to whatever calls you. There's a reason for everything and looking back now, that was only ever meant to be a starting point. A place where I could heal and learn how to recognize unconditional love. The Bible breathed life back into me, but I read it with the intention of finding out who God was and how he could fix the mess I made. But there are plenty of other books and spiritual teachers out there that could have given me the same results. Part of my purpose is to get people to open up their hearts to truth in all its forms. There is only one truth at the center of all things, but you have to be open to seeing it. All resources concerning God are going to be flawed because humans are flawed. There's always someone somewhere at one time or another who contaminated wholesome teachings with fear in order to exert control over the masses. I have said this many times. If you want to see God, you must first put on the lens of love. He's either unconditional love or he isn't. I constantly hear people boasting of his unconditional love, and in the same breath, they add a but. To it. But you can't be this, or you can't do that. We immediately put conditions on his love because we're incapable of understanding that it could be that simple. And it is. Like speaker and author Daryl Anka says, humans are the masters of limitation. But let me say this whatever resource you use to jolt your heart back to life, make sure it holds the essence of light. Anything that brings peace of mind, sparks joy within you, encourages acts of kindness, and stabilizes all facets of life. The Bible could easily be a source of fear, so go into it with the intention of finding love. Everything in this world is neutral. The person and their intent is what makes something good or evil. Just remember, the overall objective is to infuse the heart with light so that it can recognize, process, and dispense unconditional love. One way to do that is diligently watching over your eye, ear, and mouth gates. What you watch and listen to will affect your thoughts and emotions. If you want to ensure success, positive words, whether in book form or teachings such as this, need to become a part of you. They will act as your life support along the path to healing. The morning I started my journey, I turned off my phone and spent my entire day repeating verses that brought me peace and hope. But most importantly, repetition interrupted thoughts that would have encouraged me to stop. The what-if thoughts. What if I do all of this for nothing? What if it takes 20 years to get to my desired location? Well, I answered, I'll never find out if I quit. Who knows what great things await me if I stay on course? I know what I'm leaving behind, and anything is better than that. I refused to look back in fear and chose to keep pressing forward. My mind even tried to deter me with memories that only highlighted the good parts. Memories of me dancing with friends and having a good time, but always leaving out the drama that transpired afterward. How I constantly woke up feeling empty, lonely, and depressed. A literal zombie was what I had become. Constantly running to and from, never finding rest. And that is what kept me moving forward. I felt like Tom Hanks in Castaway. The moment where he finally leaves the island behind, fully determined to break through those crushing waves the sea ferociously trying to push him back towards land. When he finally makes it through, he looks back and is overwhelmed with sadness. He had grown comfortable with the very place that isolated him. That's why the mind was trying to get me to focus on the past. It didn't want me to venture out into the ocean of endless possibilities. It was saying, who knows what other dangers are waiting for you out there? but I had seen the ins and outs of the place I was leaving. Yes, I was alive, but I wasn't living. I got a hold of every teaching on faith, love, hope, manifestation, the works. You name it, I had it. I had teachings playing morning, noon, and night. If I wasn't listening to them, then I was reading verses from the Bible. When thoughts of fear popped up, I sang songs that gave me hope. I was determined to see this thing through, and nothing and no one was going to stand in my way. This was my daily routine for two whole years, and in the fall of 2008, something changed. I was walking to the gym with three of my friends when I suddenly stopped. I immediately grabbed a hold of my heart, took a deep breath, and laughed as I exhaled. My friends looked at me like I was crazy. And the first thing I said was, I can love again. They sat me down on a bench and I began to tell them my story as tears of joy ran down my face. My heart was back online. And I felt all those heavy chains of fear, anxiety, depression, anger, all of them fall from me. I was free. I could finally see myself loving someone without fear of getting hurt because I was fully connected to the source of all creation. And from that moment on, my journey became a lot easier. I was still studying the Bible every day and listening to positive music, but not out of necessity. I did it because I enjoyed it. Everything around me seemed brighter and more colorful. And for the first time, I was actually able to enjoy the journey. Looking around at all the scenery and taking it all in with gratitude. It would be another two years before I was released back into the world. Four whole years of waking up at 4 a.m. and learning lesson after lesson, reciting countless verses and putting them to practice was finally at an end. In the fall of 2010, I woke up at 7 a.m. feeling so confused. How on earth did I oversleep? That never happens. I listened for directions on what to read or what to study, but nothing came. I felt naked almost. I don't know how else to describe it. It was as if I had literally been born again. Later that morning, an image came into my head. I saw this huge ball of light in the center of a field, and I was moving to and from it. There was an understanding that no matter where I go or what I do, I will always remain close to God. Those four years had programmed my mind, body, and spirit to align with His. I was able to come and go as I pleased without fear of judgment because I knew He loved me. And I used that love as fuel to keep moving towards the light, keep focused on my purpose, keep aligning myself with his characteristics. It has been undoubtedly tough, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. For those of you that were paying close attention, you may have noticed that I spent four years in darkness and four years in light. Spirit is all about balance. However long you spend out of alignment, Is how long it should take you to become whole again. I encourage each of you to float with the current as you start this journey. Don't wear yourself out by paddling in the direction you think you should go in. There is no one way of doing anything, so never compare yourself to others. Take from me only what resonates with you and leave the rest. Your experience is unique for a reason. You may not know why right now but it will all make sense in due time. That's all I have for you today. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to this podcast. If you have any questions about this episode, visit me at multiversalu.com and hit me up under the contact page. My heart goes out to all of you who find yourself at the starting line. May these final words encourage you to take the first step towards your new life change can be the scariest thing in the world but look around you you've experienced all there is to experience on that island of darkness the ocean is beckoning you to take a risk into the unknown yes you're unable to see through the fog that's all around you yes you will encounter storms and possible predators watching from beneath the waves. But do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. You are not alone. The clouds may have obscured the moon from your vision, but it's still there guiding you. A new life awaits you just beyond the horizon. Let this promise be the wind to your sail. In love, peace, and light, I leave you all.